It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the BHA podcast. We are uh, two episodes away now from uh, turning 50. Um, I'm joined by Nick. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good, thanks, Rambo. Yourself? Doing very well. Um, been uh, just enjoying the the. The, the typical Scottish weather of having summer for about five minutes and then loads of rain. Um, <laughs> that's been good. Uh, feels it feels more normal again. Um, and uh, how are things with you? Well, to be honest, Rambo, Newcastle's not much better, so uh, I don't uh, no slant on the weather there. But um, yeah, pretty good. Just I don't know, just into the new normal. And uh, I'm sure Rambo, obviously, I was reading the other day, you guys have had face mask kind of protocol for quite a while, haven't you, in, in Scotland and shops? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I... new, for the, new, for, new for England as of Friday, that was, uh, that was good fun. Yeah. It's, it's not so bad, but your face gets particularly sweaty. Yeah, um, no, no, exactly what you've been. It's um, it's going to be interesting. As as of what I saw on Friday, which was kind of the first first day that it came into effect, there's a couple of wrinkles that quite a lot of people have not really thought about yet. Like for instance, um, the uh, the petrol station that I went to was demanding that people wear a face mask. <laughs> now that's all well and good when you're quite happy to let people put petrol into their car, and then when they come in to pay, you then demand that they can't come in because they haven't got a face mask. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've already given them the petrol. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a bit of an issue, certainly. Um, I, I know that, uh, <clears throat> generally speaking, the, uh, the, the, they have signs up a lot of places in Scotland telling you to remind you to wear them, um, but they... There is a few difficulties with, with things like that, and then people forgetting them. Say they've they've ordered a, a Chinese takeaway for the evening, um, and then they they uh, they they go to collect it because they're too cheap to go pay for delivery, yeah. and then they turn up to the Chinese with with no face mask on, <laughs> and sort of have to do the walk of shame to the teller to get their to get their face mask. So. Um, these I mean, these things are, will iron out. People will get used to them. Um, we'll get used to seeing less ugly people on the streets, which is good. Uh, and you know, um, the the other thing is, kids, don't bother moisturising anymore. Just let your face get, you know, covered in plucks. No one's going to know. You know, enjoy it. Make the most of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I, I, I always forget that like we're England and Scotland at the moment are like well, they're two two different countries, but like two different worlds in some some respects of this this response to coronavirus. Um, and for all these people saying it's a hoax, it's not a hoax. There's no way that Nicholas Sturgeon and Boris Johnson would both be telling us coronavirus was a thing um, if it was a hoax. 
Uh, <laughs> they would never have got together and made up a story. Uh, I, I don't know about you. Are you getting any of these hoax stories coming up on your timeline or anything, Nick? No, I've, I'm doing pretty well. Like, uh, does it seem to be any... I think more of the, the general gist of a lot of the stuff that I see on the timeline is people just saying, well, just, uh, just slating the government as to, well... Now, why are we now wearing face masks? Like, surely, shouldn't we have just done this, like, back in, you know, like, April? <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, the general consensus. Um, the old, uh, I, I heard a dirtier a dirtier analogy, but I'll use the old uh, closing the, the barn door after the horse is bolted, so to speak. <laughs> um, I'll not say what the other one is on online, in case we have any sensitive listeners. Um, anyway, Nick, uh, in other news, uh, good news, we have um, hockey to talk about coming up soon. Um, in a, just over, just under a week's time, the NHL will return. Yep, that is true. Um, the 24-team uh, playoff format is uh, going to be put in place. The West Coast teams will be playing out of Edmonton. Um, have you ever been to Edmonton? I haven't had that. Uh, haven't haven't been fortunate enough to go there. Um, me neither. So I'm, I'm I've not got any comment on it. I'm surprised they didn't go for Vegas, but I guess having all the teams in one country, because um, the the East Coast in Toronto is probably the the what swung it for for Edmonton, because then you've not got any sort of restrictions and things. You can bubble the teams in there, in the in those in those towns. And they're both in Canada, so it's a lot easier to sort of um, sort things out rather than having to cross the border and potentially, you know, one way or another, the border gets closed. Um, well, I think the other thing to look at is look at how the uh, look at the Canadian uh, the Canadian rate and the American rate, and uh, I think if you had the choice, uh, where would you really be wanting to set up shop for three months? Well, that's also very very true. Um, I think I I think that's probably you know it's that and and as I say, it would have been I think it would have been daft of them in two different two different countries as well um just because obviously the country's response comes into play and the countries as much as they love their sports and and these countries wouldn't really necessarily care about the NHL and its problems um I think there's bigger fish to fry than the problems of some millionaires but it does give us a nice distraction of how. How um, annoying life can be sometimes. So, um, Nick, we'll look at the the uh, the West Coast first now. Uh, your I think your favourite team is the Pittsburgh Penguins, so you shouldn't have That's... any sort of bias in the, in this. Yeah. Um, so the West top four is the so Lewis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and the um, Dallas Stars. Uh, so they play each other in a sort of one game round robin format. Um, you pick a favorite out of those for for top spot. Um, I I would go Colorado. I think they've probably got the best best roster out of those teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to see Colorado kind of at the uh, at the precipice of hockey again because they were such a good team when they first came into the league. Um, I thought St. Louis might do it just because they they you know they they were there last year. They done it last year. They they won the cup. Um, and maybe you know. Other teams might be feeling the pressure. They used to be, you know, they'll be used to dealing with the pressure. Um, so that that was that was who I thought might be might make it. But um, then we have these these sort of the play in round, which is a best of five game series. 
Um, the first the first matchup on my little list here is is quite tasty because it's an all Canada affair. Uh, Calgary versus Winnipeg. Um, who, have you, who have you got in that one, Nick? Um, if I if I'm being honest, I, I'm going to give that potentially to Winnipeg. I think um, I think they've got a strong team. I think they yeah. I I think that one's got potential to go five games. I think it's it's very close. Yeah, yeah. Which gives because they play the they play the one seed. Um, is my understanding though? I think they can be reseeded after the first round. Yes. And um, say if the twelfth seed gets through, then it would be the twelfth seed that plays the one seed, and so on and so forth. But at the moment, they are scheduled to play the one seed, assuming that all the top seeds win. Yeah, that that game that's going to be a tasty one, and it's going to be it's going to be tight, I would think. Um, but yeah, Winnipeg's got a good roster, uh, and they could do it. So uh, the next one, um, Oilers versus Blackhawks. Now. The Blackhawks are ranked twelfth, but the Blackhawks still have a pretty good roster. They have like, you know, they have Kane and stuff. Um, but they are coming up against, you know, Connor McDavid and and Co. I mean, what's your thoughts on that one? They they are in Edmonton, so the Edmonton yeah, team. Yeah, I I would think if if Edmonton doesn't get through that, there's going to be a serious problem somewhere. Like they've got the uh the pretty much the league MVP in Leon Draisaitl, and then probably the league's best player in Connor McDavid and. Uh, I, I I think the Blackhawks are not the the force that they used to be. Like at the end of the day, if this was regular season playoffs, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been there. Um, so I would say that's that's kind of Edmonton's to to balls up by themselves, which I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, me neither. But I, I can't I can't look past Edmonton, particularly when it's actually in Edmonton. Um, you think they'd have their home comforts and stuff, you know? They would. They would have their lives would be a little bit more normal than these other guys that are going to have to bubble um, a lot more for for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um. The uh the next one Vancouver Canucks against Minnesota Wild. Um. Vancouver are the higher seed. They would have been in the playoffs anyway. Um. What's your thoughts on on that matchup? Again, I think that one could be pretty close. Like I think Vancouver are the higher seeds, but have probably got the the lesser of the kind of playoff experience because they're a very young roster it just depends how like I could see that Vancouver team coming out and absolutely smoking Minnesota but then also I could see them coming out and struggling and maybe the more veteran veteran players in Minnesota will deal with the situation better but again that that could go that could go five games and not be uh, not be such a simple equation to deal with mm-hmm. now based on your predictions um that would that would make three t- uh, Canadian teams from the West going into the playoffs, which gives Canada a pretty high chance of getting their first NHL uh, Stanley Cup since uh, 1993. Yeah. Um, the uh, the last matchup um, uh, is the Predators versus um, the Arizona. It's Arizona now, isn't it? Coyotes. Yes. Um, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Coyotes. Uh, apparently, they're wearing their old school. Um, the the Tuscan, yeah, yeah. Roadrunner jerseys. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd I'd love to see the the Coyotes get through, but obviously they're ranked 11th, so um, like many other teams we've talked about, uh, not not got the seeding, they wouldn't have necessarily been in there. Um, what, what would you think about the uh, 
the Coyotes and their I, chances. I think the, the biggest, the most traditional thing about the Western Conference and most of the teams that we've talked about there is there's just so stingy in terms of like I can imagine there's going to be some pretty low scoring affairs between some of these teams and one and two goal games, games that will go to overtime. So you just you just never know. But again, I, I would I would think given the recent history that Nashville should get through that. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. I would, I'd love it if the Coyotes upset them, um, and went to, you know, went quite far into it. Um, so that's that's mainly Nick's predictions because I'm, I'm not as well versed in the NHL as Nick is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I tend to watch, I tend to watch more rugby when I'm, I'm at home because I, I do all the work for hockey during the, during the uh, regular season. But, um, so. We'll not talk about who we think is going to win the Stanley Cup until the end of the, until nearer the end of this because we need to go through the East. But before we get to that, um, I, a lot of you have taken an interest, I'm sure, in hockey history and watching old games. And um, I'm here to talk to you about hockey a little bit um, before it was even on TV, uh, especially British hockey. Uh, I spoke to um, James Hogg, my grandpa, uh, earlier in the week. Um, he played hockey. He's ninety two now, um, so you can imagine when he played hockey, they had flat sticks and um, and he was talking about the difference in equipment and and things like that. He even tells us a bit about how he, he worked on the the trains because he, he was pretty cool. Yeah, he, uh, he he rode the uh, a train across the um, fourth road uh, fourth rail bridge on its centenary. So he was the guy that did that. Um, but anyway, uh, so. We'll just uh, we'll, we'll flip to that interview now. So hello everyone, and I'm joined with a, with a very special guest, uh, Jimmy Hogg, or Grandpa as he's known to me, and I'm going to ask him a bit about his time uh, playing ice hockey back in the in the yesteryear. So, uh, Grandpa, how did you discover ice skating? I was delivered newspapers, and one morning I went to the door, and an old lady come. And she says, yeah, you give me a pair of old-fashioned ice skates, the ones that are right down on the ground. And I went to him, asking, what if you wasn't even built then? At 12 years old. And I went to what if you said, sorry, I went to him, asked and that was it. That was me. And uh, I skate, and I skated ever since then. And then, of course, for we had a hockey team that was just a crowd of laddies put together to play and uh, we did play a couple of, a few matches here and there and then Murray Fields opened and up, put the kibosh on it because they got professional hockey players, Canadians and everything else. Okay, um, so tell us about what positions did you play when you were, when you were playing hockey? Playing some goals. Okay. Never played in the forward. Never played in the forward. Never played in the front line, no. <laughs> and uh, what uh, what sort of equipment did you use as a, a goalie back then? It was all just putting together stuff. A pair of big cricket pads. And uh, we did have a breastplate, but it was an old-fashioned one. It was a solid leather. And with straps on it. But it done the job. But no helmet, no face gear, nothing like that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, were pants, or shorts like, hockey shorts. I had an old pair, and there was no um, 
children them so what we done was the only thing that really affected them was we can digest books so that, that was what was in well the what do you call them? Where the shorts are. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh that was all right. Was but they've done the job. Uh huh. Sometimes. Yeah. Now correct me if I'm wrong, there was a, a few ice rinks around then that weren't around today. What, what do you remember those ones? Falkert's still there? No, Falkert's gone. Falkert, I'm Fairland's away. Falkert College is still there. I think Dundee shifted, they've got another rink. Is there a new rink in Dundee? They do, yeah, they've got a new rink, yeah. And Dundee's got a new rink. Aberdeen had their rink, but they've got one now. Yeah. Air still, still has the old linking kiln ice rink. Well, it was Air Raider, but it's not. Um, Paisley, Paisley's still got a rink. Paisley's rink's shut now. Aye. Cosmo in Glasgow. Mm hmm. No, Glasgow doesn't have a rink. Um, the nearest rink's Brayhead, which is oh, on outskirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a, a few maybe you don't remember, I guess, but. Oh, right. I'm trying to remember. Still, I had a wee daft ice rink. <laughs> it has a new wee daft ice rink now as well. It's still got a nice rink. It's got a new one. Yeah, it's got a new one. So, um. And then the board of counties, of course, that was the one that tell me just for curling and there. We used to have a wee team in there. Down in Kelso? Yeah. Yeah. It's a wee rink. Hey Market, of course, Hey Market's gone. Mm -hmm. Hey Market was the only rink in Edinburgh at that time before Murrayfield was built. Well, what happened was Murrayfield was built, Murrayfield, but the war started and the war office took it over. So it didn't really open for a way in the 50s, late one in the 50s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was it used for during the war? Hey, the army had it, so it was just like a storage place, I think. The post office was in it for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. Mm. And uh, you, uh, you said you played a bit of defence. Now, uh, what, what, what was your favourite position to play, defence or for, uh, or goalie? Sorry. No defence. I was scared. I, I wasn't going to be a goalie, but I And the game, I think, back, uh, w w what decade was it you were playing, was it, or decades did you play in? Oh, where was my, see, 50s up in the 70s, just as an amateur, I was never impressed with some hockey player. I guessed it here and there, uh -huh. because of my shift and that, but uh, the team, we, we formed a wee team at Haymarket, and we were doing, the same we were doing well, and for more they feel wrong, mm. and that's quite a team. Oh yeah, yeah, I played. We can't 
Well, it's now a stand, I think. Yeah, well. Yeah. Well, we sat in the front of the rear and they're going to the box. You know, with a Your grandma hit you with a handbag because you had been a, you'd been naughty, yeah, basically. Naughty <laughs> and uh, you used to, uh, when you were playing defence, I think Uncle Ali certainly and Uncle Graham talk about you having quite a good hip check. Is that your, Was that oh. your favourite thing to do? Well, that's his hat. Oh, it was quite a bit of wasn't heavy, but I could, I could check, hip check, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I lifted them there and there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember um, when I was when I was in juniors, you had a, you had a shot in goals with Perth. Do you remember that? Aye. Uh, do you, what was the difference like in wearing all the new the new kit? Ah, I thought we were clumsy, but of course. I've never wore tabling on before. But, uh, it was quite, quite unusual and I enjoyed it. I minded how you. Yeah. That night. Did, did you find it heavier or lighter? Well, we were keep on popping one, and the breastplate was far more lighter. Mm-hmm. Far more safer. Mm-hmm. And of course, a helmet. We had no helmets. And just some, sometimes some of them wore what, a leather, like a leather skull from. Mm-hmm. And that was that. Never, never wore a helmet. Well, I never had them. Yeah. Did you, did you ever take a puck off the noggin when you were playing? Oh, I was trying. I might have somewhere. Steady somewhere. It's pointing to his forehead for everyone as well as talking about his chin. Um, and uh, did you, did you ever score any goals when you were playing in defence? No, no. You never scored, didn't you? Never tried. You never tried. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, you knew your job then, essentially, is it to keep the puck out of the net for your team? Um, and uh, I think yeah, I think I tried your cricket pads on actually. <laughs> to go with them. And you recall what you did now? You played, he played with us at Haymarket. Okay. And I never seen anybody go as far as backwards my life. I was me going backwards, and I could go backwards quite quick. I could go home, the rest of the day, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then we get a shiver, and if you move off, you'll keep your speed. If you're going forward and you move off, you'll keep going backwards with your speed. Yeah. That'd be a wee bit faster, a wee bit slower, but you'll go fast. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, Isla's job is with, uh, with uh, you know, so from your... Essentially, were you the first in the sort of the the hog the hog family to 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 play ice hockey? No, I never played ice hockey. <laughs> um, I, yeah. uh, I don't know. No one else skiing, but well, the, the laddies be skiing. Mhm. He's a skier man. Oh, I was still skiing at sixty odd. Mhm. And of course, of course, mum was a a figure skater. Aye. Did, did you like going to watch your figure skate or was it, did you prefer the hockey? Yeah, I used to dance for her on the ice. I could dance on the hockey skate for you back. Mm-hmm. Aye, I used to watch her. Uh, uh, oh, you could dance it. She was a, uh, oh yeah, what do they call it? What the people were that run Haymarket and Shrink Edge. I'll get her taken a wee bit. For, uh, yeah, for clarity. They, 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 they had snow white and they had horse, and they wrote me in. 
these these monitors for her from Calvary and uh, she was a, a butterfly, I think it was something like that. But that was it. We learned well, but that was still way in the in my case, right? And it was well done. Well, that's good. That's good. And uh, the old uh, the old skates you had now, now the skates are really built up around the ankle. What was the ankle support like when you used to play hockey? Oh, what oh no, no, the other no, no, the hockey boot was starting mm-hmm. to get shorter then. Uh-huh. But the the thicker skates were long skates. Uh-huh. And they were getting shorter, you know. Yeah. It was there was this way that much, say half an inch of skate on the bottom of the boot, they were right close to the boot. Mm-hmm. And the the front rake come up over the front of the boot was really I mean they were real old fashioned skates, but they done the job I got started on them. In the Edinburgh Empire Theatre, next door to there was the Empire Sports Shop. Uh-huh. I ran the name of the Empire Theatre, but that's what I thought of it. That was when I got my first pair of hockey skates. Uh-huh. And two shillings a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you paid them up at two shillings a week? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was your, your most memorable hockey match you played in? Oh, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. In the Fairman once or twice. And, you know, this, that was the most memorable one. I thought you actually happened with a handball. <laughs> <laughs> um, am, I, am I not right in thinking that Grandma's mum hit a wrestler with a handbag as well? Was that. Am I yeah, that was a wrestler. That was. Yeah. Farrell, Farrell, was it? I remember. Let's she was a quite, we had ringside seats, you know, uh-huh. and I. And when I was a wrong shift, I just used to phone up and tell them what was seat to go. Uh-huh. And that's the Well, none I'd never been before. <laughs> Jackie Powell. Uh-huh. And Jackie Powell's always a. Well, we were all supposed to be lucky, but. He asked him if I nice one I thought when you spoke to him, I spoke to him a couple of times. But, eh. Uh, he was hanging out of the rope and Nana walked up the rooster. <laughs> <laughs> so, she nearly got us off from it. Yeah, so uh, don't step... Nana was a fucking woman. So don't step out of line when, uh, when, when Isla's about then, because she's due hitting someone with a handbag now, I guess, as well. Really? Saying, Mum's due to hit someone with a handbag eventually, as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I know that we're, we're strictly... Well, strictly speaking, we're an ice hockey podcast, but I thought there was one thing I would maybe ask you about, and just um, something that you've you've talked to me about briefly. But what was it like driving the Mallard, or, or sorry, the Union of South Africa, not the Mallard, over the uh, the fourth rail bridge uh, for its centenary? Just like driving any other man. It made it was made different. The only thing was, well, if we went over it, five miles a so those people could take a photograph. Mm-hmm. I stopped in the middle for two or three minutes. And they, well, we were frightened somebody would get out, but the stewards on the train got out and made sure maybe got out, but they were all taking photographs inside. Mm-hmm. And for the, the carriage, then we carried on again. Slowly, slowly, as it was. Coming back at night, after we took the train back to Edinburgh, I had this arrangement where there would be a fireworks display. And we crossed the bridge while that fireworks display was on. Now, I don't know how the firemen got the, the, the idea, but we had a great big roaring fire on the engine. 
and it oh, they might go on fire, it might go on fire, you might have a fire. So they made a stand in Dalmany Station for a fireworks was finished, and it kind of put the tin lid on it for folk in there. And Queen's Ferry, because they wanted to see the, the engine going over with the fireworks boiling. Mm-hmm. But there you are, the heart of health and safety starting to come in really strong now. Yeah, yeah. Now, one, one, one last thing about 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 trains and, and engines, because um, we like to educate people as well. Uh, what's the difference between a train and an engine? Well, a train's a carriage, is at the back, the engine's the engine, the locomotive. And then you improve the carriages, or the machine improves the carriages. So you never, you never, you never say you're a train driver, do you? You always say you're an the engine. Train drivers now because the whole thing's a unit, uh-huh. and they sit in the car on and the car and the, and and the carriage and drive. So the train drivers now, uh-huh. we were designated engine drivers. Uh-huh. We did drive some of the trains when they come on the scene. Uh-huh. So the mother of, of any. Number nine, about five, any of these big engines, because they had to drive them. And folk think, oh, they ever see any silly bug that can start a steam engine and get them stopped. Lady Green nearly broke her again. How did she do that? Bob Reed was the, the, the general manager of British Rail. And the mice man, and he uh, was there on the centenary of the Fort Bridge, and he come on the engine at the end of the night, he come on the light engine with a coach fight, and I says, come on, go and get in here, and I'll keep you right. So he was sitting, and he was just, wasn't he driving, man, he's watching him, and uh, we're coming down through Curry, and beating, he, he drove down, and I said, well, steady up, and I says, steady up, just put the brake on to touch, just steady up, going too fast for a bit of line. And he, he took his hand, now the brake was up in the corner, and he went up with his right hand. And I said, you know better use my other hand, Bob. And he had another hand. Oh. He lost his hand. And I beat his arms again, years and years and years before. So when we go to Thornton, he was telling me it was great sitting in the driver's seat and all that. But that's what he did with sitting in the seat. And I kept him right. And she decided she wanted to have a go. And I asked him, well, when you do know it, then Bob. So go the engine on sale for her. And she went. And they thought it was 250 pounds of steam. And she was free. And she grabbed the phone and pulled it on. And of course the engine didn't the move and it stood and danced. What a noise. And the traffic man put a brake on for she put a brake on, you'll bend everything and leave it. It always lasted seconds and it stood. But she wouldn't take it, she wouldn't move it after that. <laughs> so, uh, and I'll go, we'll go I back. When I see that comment, she's some woman, not a big woman. She was. Mm-hmm. No heavy, she's tall. Mm-hmm. Well made woman. The hands like size 10 shows. And she almost broke your, broke your engine. Um, gonna, just to go back, just to hockey briefly. And what was your what was your favourite thing about skating and, and hockey? Just skating and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. enjoyment. I love skating. Mm-hmm. Right from the got my knee done with a new knee cut at all, I have to stop skating. Mm-hmm. But if I fell on this thing, it wouldn't shift on basically. I can't do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. And skating was uh, 
Your mom and your grandmother was never a steer. She go ring with me and she was quite good. But she wasn't go ring with her own. Well, I get I guess that brings us to one story we should touch on because I, I think this story's great, but how did you meet grandma? <laughs> <laughs> hey Mark Ayrshank, every Saturday night I'd speed skating for ladies and speed skating for men. Uh, ring the ring, there was a, what they call hog stain. It was like a wee step for the way ring the ring. It was sort of a curl of stepping up on it. Going. And then it wasn't skating either, stood in that or went on the further side of the barrier. And I was, I was tromping, really, really tromping. And I looked up and here this woman, this lassie, standing in the middle of the ice rink. So skid stopped, of course, when I'd done that, I caught the water and all the ice and drained the water and ice. And she said, oh, Kathy, her pal said it was your fault. You shouldn't have been on the ice. <laughs> so she calmed down and I took her wings on her own. And I said, well, make a day if you want. And we did. And that was the start of it. <laughs> 55 years of his life. <laughs> Excellent. But I mean, my friend, I thought her, but she would have been hurt, really hurt. Uh-huh. I don't know what yet, what made her step out on the ice. But I mean, I wasn't the only one. They were all gone. <laughs> talking about 20, 30 men, all was really, really hard. Because mm-hmm. they played a record. I can't remember what it was. It was the same record they played all the time. For the men's speed skating. And uh, that was all there. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, well, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I. You've probably got a lot of stories to tell, but um, it's also getting on. But just, uh, I'm sure uh, Keith Lee and, and Lisa will give this a wee listen. Do you want to? Do you want to say hello to them just before? I... Hello, Keith, Lee, Lisa, <laughs> Toffee, and everybody else. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Grandpa, for your time. Um, I'm sure this will be really interesting for people to listen to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on uh, you know some of us that have used to maybe start in hockey just in the last few years, um, it would be good for them to listen to some some of the stories from from the old days. Well, I'll tell you some of some of them stairs, and I noticed it when I was in Dumfries. Dumfries, escape for the knees, and escape for the hips. That's when you get the speed. Well, there you go. Um, and that's what I think. Right. No, I, I think that's good advice for, for anybody that's listening there. Well, kind of, she, she, well, the last thing I just started, she, you know, but she, she, she had the step in the right place, but her legs were going on. Her knees, instead of getting her knees together and the step in front, she was just, which was just one of Yeah, the style's changed a bit now where you, you have your legs a bit open. You so you can them, them now. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> That's it. That is the old school stand-up yeah. style there. Uh, <laughs> Put the poker in the back of the wall. Didn't do that too much now. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's been it's been great uh, chatting about this, and I'm I'm sure there'll maybe be some people who ask me to ask you some other questions. Um, and that would be that would be good for good for the, the podcast as well. But but thank you very much, Grandpa, and uh, I'll let you get on because I'm sure you're sick of. And so there we have it, James Hogg. Um, a bit of hockey history for you, a bit about how he met his wife, and uh, <laughs> and a lot more. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that.
Um, uh, Nick, you know, I know that you've you've talked a lot about your favourite players growing up, but did you have anyone in your family that sort of inspired you to play hockey? Yeah, pretty similar. Like uh, my my granddad on my uh, on my dad's side, who passed away um, when was it? Uh, I think it was last December. Um, he was uh, he was a major influence on me, not only not only hockey wise, but kind of sporting wise. He was the sporty one. Like you've uh, you've met my dad before, Rambo. Like uh, he wouldn't know which end of a friggin' stick or bat to hold. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's probably. I think was was tainted by the fact that um, my my granddad and his brothers were all such sport mad that then he came along and he kind of just went the other way in terms of he was just kind of abject to it if you know what I mean and uh, uh, so me growing up I kind of was influenced by my granddad and he was pushing me into sport and doing different things like whether it be junior football playing playing cricket and and one of one of the one of the things that he did introduce me to was he he. Uh, he was a season ticket holder at the Sheffield Steelers and, and took me there and, and introduced me to the sport and kind of that's where I kind of fell in love with it from a from a young age. Never never really stupidly never never took it up at a young age, um, but then kind of got reacquainted with it in my uh, in my late teen years and kind of carried on um, taking him to watch them games and do things like that. But then kind of uh, obviously started playing myself, so I would I would always credit him with. Uh, with that because he was the uh, he was the biggest influence in that respect and then uh, in the same way he was um, he played cricket at various levels and umpired for years and years and years so again a, a great role model and a great person to have to have learned from yeah yeah I mean it's definitely my grandpa's the reason I suppose that I played hockey um, my uncle took, took me to a racers game with my own dad as well my mum was a figure skater as, as you as you know uh, but I just used to remember we used to go skating at um, ten o'clock on a Saturday morning, and Murrayfield was there. Uh, it was a skating session. My grandpa would come on, and he could he could actually skate and spread eagle the whole way around Murrayfield. Now you've been to Murrayfield, you know the size of Murrayfield. Um, that was when he was about sixty odd, seventy. I mean, obviously now he's not he's not able to do that anymore. He's, <laughs> he, he's he needs a little bit of help, just you know walking about and stuff. But he's uh, he. he just, just seeing him being able to do that, and and uh, and hearing some of his stories and things like that, um, yeah, just uh, inspired me to get into the game and and what have you. Um, so I I thought it was cool since I was kind of uh, we've been sort of unpacking some of his clutter that uh, you know he's got himself into a wee bit, and we thought, oh, well, I'll 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 have a chat with him so. Stuck the computer in, in between us and uh, and uh, had a wee chat. So that that was that. And um, and I'm pleased to say, uh, as you know, that uh, Dave now is uh, is is going to be editing it. So <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's good. Uh, Doctor Dave is 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 as he well, I think he will be called. But Doctor Dave is now seeing patient. Well, the message in the room was we're not done yet, and we still got a lot more to prove. And yeah. Um, right, so let's get back to the east. Uh, played in Toronto as we've uh, as we've discussed already. Uh, Nick, uh, you've been to Toronto. I know that I've not been to Toronto. I've only ever been to the West Coast. But what's what's Toronto like? It's obviously pretty much hockey town, is it not? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty funny that obviously 
as big as as big as hockey is in Canada, kind of the the mecca for it is kind of is Toronto and and kind of the the fanatical kind of way that um, the way that you see that people support uh, support maybe it's the England football team or maybe the Scottish rugby team or things like that. The, the kind of support levels that that kind of a whole nation gets behind the whole kind of. Uh, that lower lower area of Ontario, like kind of, is just crazy maple leaves, kind of, just live and die by every single thing that goes on. It's 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 the pressure cooker, if you know what I mean. People talk about that playing for the maple leaves is one of the hardest things to do because you're literally scrutinised every single thing that you do. So, um, Toronto is an amazing place. Been there a number of times. Um, like most stereotypical Canadian people, happy. Uh, pleasant, kind. Uh, off your donut walking down the street, maybe. Um, but no, I honestly great place, and I'm sure um, facilities-wise, I know that the Maple Leafs have got probably some of the best best facilities going. Because uh, did you see that actually in the um, in the CBA that they've just signed? One of the um, one of the sideline agreements was that basically Toronto has to shut down its practice facility during the summer. Because I wasn't even aware, but Toronto is one of the only teams that keeps their facilities going 24-7 because obviously it's in the middle of Toronto. And the Toronto prospects in the summer could actually go to Toronto and train during the summer rather than being kind of stuck to do whatever all the rest of the teams are doing. So mm-hmm. apparently that's got shut down. So the facilities must be pretty good if the other teams are asking for them to be shut down. So, um, But no, I was having a look the other day at kind of the um, the bubble plans and what they're going to do. And obviously they've got the, uh, the BMO... Uh, BMO Field down the road, which is where the um, Toronto uh, Toronto MLS Toronto team plays. Like they're going to be doing uh, outdoor outdoor stuff there for the teams, and then there's various hotels, and it's it's going to be a nice little bubble for them in terms of it's it's going to be quite strange. Can you imagine uh, imagine getting imagine having nationals, but it lasting for three months? I know, I know. Um, yeah, I know it's normally just the effects of nationals that last three months. Um, for me, uh, <laughs> uh, normally the uh, the tiredness, um, the uh, the you know the weight gained, uh, <laughs> the, gen- the general stress uh, lasts uh, a, a period of around three months. Um, so uh, the top four are uh, Boston, Tampa, and it, my bubbles now jumped all over the place. Um, Go away, what's this doing? Boston, what's it? Boston, Tampa, um, Washington, and Philly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, out of that four, I mean, who who, who, have, you, who have you got for maybe being the, the top? I mean, I think Boston are the number one seed heading into this. I and think. I think a lot like last year, where they where they kind of um, defecated in their own bed. Um, Tampa really do have an incredible roster that is kind of how that all fits together. I have no idea, and how they can afford it, and it all all the pieces come together. It's about time that that Tampa team kind of won to an extent. So, but. Again, you can never kind of overlook a team like Boston, which is its history, and it's they don't have to be the most flashiest team. They don't have to be uh, have all the names and stuff. They they just get the job done. So I I wouldn't kind of look too far away from kind of Boston or Tampa potentially in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, my my heart wants anyone but Boston to win um, the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Um, 
because the, I mean, I just can't stand Marshawn. I'm sorry um, if you're a big Marshawn fan, but he's just he's just not a nice player from as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think we were at a was it our coaching course where the guy had a big rant about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, uh, that that's uh, I'm not wanting to win. Um, I, I wouldn't mind any of the other ones coming top. Um, I think it, having seen Tampa play in uh, against Buffalo, who will come on to shortly, um, the uh, the talent level was really good, and the goalies were both really good, and you know you could just see that. One, you know, lines one to three is were all scoring lines. You know how normally in NHL you yeah. start lines a bit more support cast. So it was, it was, a, it was. They're going to be a good team, um, and a, and a force to be reckoned with. And perhaps in a chilled out sort of environment, um, they'll, they'll do well. But I mean, you know, the players they've got, um, I I can see them going pretty deep into the playoffs if not winning it all or whatever. Um, so the next matchup on my little uh, little thing, the eight versus nine seed, the, the Maple Leafs themselves, um, they would play the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, it would be very very Maple Leafs um, <laughs> to get knocked out in the <laughs> in the playing round in their hometown. Yeah, Maple, Maple Leafs will lose that in five. <laughs> and and I and I will tell you something, the Maple Leafs will likely be at least maybe two zero, um, two one up in the series and they will lose it in five. It is in their DNA that this is what they do. Like I know I know God knows how many people through work who live and die and breathe Toronto Maple Leafs and they would be the first ones to admit that that would just be that's just reverting to type. That's not that wouldn't be an upset. That would just be doing what the Maple Leafs do. <laughs> yeah, I mean that um, that that's certainly what my thoughts on it were. Is that you know, um, if I mean to be honest, eight and nine, it, if the season played out, there's every chance that the Blue Jackets took that eight seed off them. You know, it's not it's not yeah. impossible to think that, but um, yeah. <laughs> The chances are that the DNA of the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're going to find a way to to sort of you know embarrass themselves a little bit. The the, uh, the I think I think this has such an adverse effect on the Maple Leafs that normally uh, a large proportion of the hockey world is centered on what the Maple Leafs are doing. The problem is the large proportion of the hockey world plus the extra stuff is now all just centered on Toronto, like the place. The pressure cooker has been turned up a number of dials. There's going to be a lot of people who can't watch. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to watch, and all they can do is type and write and all this other kind of stuff. It's going to be very interesting to see how they respond because um, they could very easily just roll over and have their bellies tickled by the uh, by the blue jackets. I think. Yeah. The, the other thing is, it could it could work in their favour is the fact that the arena is going to be completely empty and devoid of their fans with that pressure on them. Um, you know. I, I, That's I mean, true. I've played in a couple of games where we've had a crowd, not anything like to get in NHL, obviously, and sometimes having fans can really build you up. But I remember one of the Eagle, the Eagles' biggest sort of faux pas was they, uh, they, they thought they were going to win the, uh, the the division. Um, when I was coaching them, um, one week and the the crowd that turned up there must have been about 150 people in Murrayfield. Which yep. is a big crowd for a uni game, uh-huh. uh, especially Murrayfield, and uh, they came up in Sheffield, Sheffield, 
you know, were pretty dominant and beat us. And then the following week, when we still had the second chance against Nottingham, um, the following week against Nottingham, we managed to to beat Nottingham when there was no one there. Um, so yeah. it can it can have a it can have a detrimental effect on on a team because the team maybe um, feels the pressure a bit more. So I don't know. I I do, I do think it's in it's in their DNA though to to kind of crash out in their hometown um, when this is all going on. And also, given given the fact that they've now got so many good players, like they still haven't won a playoff series in in years. Like mm. even now, it's down to five games in their own building. Ironically, did you not see that? Obviously, since te- technically Toronto is not the home team, they don't get any privileges. That um, that actually the Columbus Blue Jackets have been assigned the Toronto Maple Leafs changing room. Are they not the home team? I thought Toronto were the home team because it was because uh, no. The so it's a, it's a you you just get assigned for for whatever your games are. You obviously get signed like the home the, the home team chain dressing room or the away team dressing room or however many dressing rooms they are. And apparently, mm. uh, ironically, the Columbus Blue Jackets for all the games are in the Toronto Maple Leafs main dressing room, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are getting changed somewhere else. Oh, oh my goodness! Um, well, we've we've talked a lot about Toronto Maple Leafs fans. If uh, if Mike Slossy listens to this, he'd be very angry with us. Uh, so I think he'll probably agree. Yeah, he might agree, but he might still be a little bit peeved. Um, the the next the next matchup, and and I said I was going to come out of Buffalo here. Um, this is the Penguins Canadians matchup. Now, Buffalo were due to play Montreal the day the NFL, the, sorry, the NFL, the NHL shut. <laughs> The NHL shut down. Um, <laughs> I've had a little bit of a uh, uh, mix up my words there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, if the Sabres had beaten Montreal, the Sabres would be the 12th seed and not Montreal. Um, but they shut down, and then obviously the Sabres voted for this. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm quite disappointed because they, they are my team, and it would have been nice to, to see them. But uh, anyway. Um, I think the Penguins will probably take that. I'm being honest with you. They've got the, you know, they've got the the better team, uh, better roster, more stars. Um, Nick, they should do. They should do. But there's just one part of me somewhere that believes that there's some destiny in there somewhere that the Penguins are going to lose and then they'll get the first overall pick. There is, <laughs> there is, there is some part of me that honestly, like. As a Penguins fan, obviously, as much as I would be upset that we'd lost, if we got the first overall pick and got the what looks like a potentially a phenomenal player in this uh, Lafreniere kid, like, don't get me wrong, I, I could make peace with that. However, I just seem to believe that it just might be fate that that might happen, generally because the amount of people who don't like the Penguins because of Crosby, it would be ironic if then basically through completing a chance the same way that the Penguins, same way that the Penguins got Crosby in the first place, that they then get the person who's arguably probably the best player to be drafted since McDavid, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just find that there would be some, some hockey karma in there that it would just fuel the fire for years to come of people beating on the Penguins of... Oh, I, 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 I could just see it happening. I, I really could. <laughs> well, you never know, to be honest with you. Um, 
and, and and to be fair, the biggest X factor that I would say there is, like at the end of the day, I'd, a couple of years ago, I would be very worried about Kerry Price playing in goal for Montreal. But the thing is, he's not the same goalie that potentially he used to be. But if he goes anywhere close to what he used to be, he could steal three games. Yeah, and I think the shortened playoff format actually, you know, it, it levels the playing field so much more because it's, you know, it's. A lot. Um, you, you see it in baseball when they have the the wild card round and it's five games. That a lot of the times the uh, the, the you know the the top seed in that that round loses out before they go into the divisional round. So, um, yeah, uh, I I don't see any. It should it should be the Penguins, but I, I you never know. Yeah, and then the the next one, uh, Islanders against uh, Florida Panthers. Yeah, uh, that's a matchup that no one is excited about. <laughs> <laughs> no one really cares about the Islanders anymore. No one really cares about Florida. So it's the battle of the two people who's actually going to watch that game. But yeah. um, but no, the the Islanders are a very stingy team, very defense first. So again, probably well built for playoff hockey. But then Florida have got some good players. Like that could be again that that's the flip of a coin kind of that could go to either team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'd quite like to see uh, to see Florida do well because they they just are that team that nobody cares about. Probably more so than the Islanders. Um, I think the Islanders just with being in New York and the fact that you know, if folk are a bit bored and they want to go to a hockey game, they might go watch the Islanders. Yeah, um, Islanders kind of live off the um, live off the history of what they were. Yeah. Um, and there was talk, of course, of them being coming to Kansas City, something or another, at some point. But yeah, that's not come to fruition. And then finally, uh, the the Canes and the Rangers. Um, Canes the sixth seed, the Rangers the eleventh seed. I mean, who who have you got now? The Canes have got a good roster. Um, yeah, I, I, if if their goaltending holds up, I think Carolina could be a sneaky bet to to go quite a long way. I'm not. That's no. That's no stint on the Rangers, by the way. I just think that Carolina team is is sneaky good. I think they've got they've got some very underrated players. Mm-hmm. But then again, at the end of the day, there's a there's a, there's a guy in New York if he's playing in net, Lundqvist, that again might not be the goalie that he used to be, but running out of chances to try and win a cup. How what better way to do it than when a little bit shorter format? Yep. Covid Cup, uh, two thousand twenty, yep. um, and what the uh, one thing I'll say about the NHL is they've committed to finishing the season no matter what. Yes. Um, so you know if if they have to shut down again, restart, that's what's going to happen. Um, they will they will happily start the next season in November, December, January, whatever it may be, uh, to get things on to get things on track. I mean, there was talk at the um, somebody suggested that the N- NBA. Um, actually start later, so they they, you know, their playoff run after the NA, um, so into into August time when any just before the NA, um, NFL starting again, so they have less yeah. competition. Um, it's it's kind of weird. It's a weird one. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting seeing hockey played in August and um, competitive hockey played in August um, like this. And I'm not talking like you know. I know that um, Whitley, you know. Whitley be Islanders against uh, Durham City Dragons is pretty competitive in August, but uh, I'm talking about you know proper 
proper yeah. professional ice hockey played in August, so that's going to be a bit strange. Um, uh, the team, the team that I would like to to win the the Stanley Cup, and, and people probably hate me for saying this, is is the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but we need consensus on this, Nick, because I think we should have a team of the BHA podcast now. Who would, you know, not necessarily Pittsburgh, just like a sort of. Well, I, I think then we, we both kind of touched on it. What about Carolina? Yeah, let's go for Carolina Hurricanes the, as the team the, of... The, the bunch of jerks. <laughs> yeah, let's go for the Carolina Hurricanes as a team, the team of the BHA podcast, and we'll see how... We'll, t- we'll track their progress. Well, we'll be tracking all their progress, but we'll track their progress throughout, and we'll keep you up to date, and after they go out in three in the first, <laughs> the first round... Yeah, we'll, we'll then pretend this never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um... So uh, Nick, that's that's we we got some hockey chatting, which is quite good. Um, well, exactly. I did I, I didn't enjoy talking about cups of tea and beans on toast. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, the a couple of other things just to touch on briefly. Um, the uh, the GBU lot they got their uh, their entries into um the Wonks tournament, the World University Games. Obviously, we need to wait and confirm that that the entry's been accepted and both teams are are to go. Um, but that gave me a chance to speak to the to the captains about things, and uh, the teams have been speaking to each other, which is nice. And uh, I have to say, first time I really got a chance to speak to uh, Ruskin Springer Hughes um, in person for longer than two seconds, and maybe saying hello. Um, I think GB, GBU's captaincy um, with Danielle and Ruskin is in very good hands, so I just thought I'd report that back to, to everyone. <laughs> uh, just to remind everyone that, you know, BHA Hockey's still ongoing. We're going to be doing some uh, some fundraising things on the on the page, um, and we're going to try and do some online fundraising stuff, but I'm not entirely sure how well it will be received just to try and help help them get across there to, to Switzerland to represent the country. Um It'd be an interesting one though this year. I think you know, with with obviously with COVID and things, it could you know change change the type of teams that are coming um a little bit um to these things and, and being represented. Um, I would imagine Switzerland's one of the safest and clean cleanest places in the world. I mean, we've been there, um, and we know how. I, I cannot believe that you managed to work that into the conversation. <laughs> Every every podcast, like I'm, I swear, I swear down. If people listen to these podcasts in the drinking game, they're like the buzzer goes off, ding 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 ding. There's Switzerland. Um, hey, did you know we went there? Yeah. Um, I've just got to try and uh, try and sort of um, shoehorn your job so you can you can come to Lucerne with us as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll. I'll... I, I I have my price. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I would imagine Switzerland's pretty. You know, they've probably got things under control pretty well. Although I've not really been keeping up to date with everyone else's everyone else's numbers because um, the the news feeds are always dominated with how bad things are in Britain or how bad things are in in across the pond, well across the Atlantic. Um, or how bad holiday destinations such as Spain are, because uh, people are really upset they're going to have to quarantine for 14 days when they come back and stuff. And um, so uh, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Switzerland will be will be ready to go for, for Lucerne. Um, and uh, things are building nicely to that. So stay tuned for more 
GVU stuff coming out on Facebook is all I'm saying. Um, hopefully I'll have some interviews with captains and things on Facebook going, um, you know, on there. So and uh, some more information about the players themselves and things like that. And and that's something to look forward to. Um, if you're bored, um, look back. There's plenty of good podcasts. Um, our Beans and Toasts episode is one of my personal favourites. Yeah. Um, round table with Mary Dobbin. Um, I had done a recent special with Steph Towns. Uh, there's still a, there's still a special up there with uh, Matt Dieball, um, Paul Blair from the, the Stags. So there's there's lots to listen to. Um, interestingly, Nick, I've I've never actually played ball hockey competitively, but one of the things that Steph touched on about ball hockey that is a problem for ice hockey players is when you shoot, falling over. Now you've played a yep. bit of ball hockey. Did did you did you experience that? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 not not to the not to the day I ended, but the the first time I started playing, it's a very weird concept that your arms and your wrists move, and obviously, naturally, you're taught that obviously your weight transfer goes through your legs, doesn't it? And in which case, there is an element of glide and push. Whereas obviously, when there's an element of weight transfer through your legs and you try and push, and you realise that all you've got is traction underneath you, and you just go pass over tip forward normally. Mm, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, it was just one, one of the things. Um, also, it's worth listening to just for uh, Steph's take on Rob Grant's play. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm like... <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I, I don't think there's much... Yet. Oh, well, actually, Nick, what have, you, what have you been watching on Netflix recently? I watch Titans now. So I've, fully, I've, I've, I've fully watched that. Yeah. Were you, were you ever so disappointed that obviously The Rock doesn't kind of jump in at the end and challenge the winners? Um, well, no, because you already told me that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, well, I was, you'd still be disappointed. I like the two people that won, though. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Yeah, they were um, they they were uh, they were our favourites uh, favourites anyway. Um, well, oh, I'm currently we're we're currently watching through the um, American Office. The American office. Yeah, uh, the American version. Yeah, I'm watching uh, How I Met Your Mother at the moment. Uh, yeah, we did that the beginning of lockdown. I think we finished the whole 10 seasons. I've, I'd watched it a number of times. I think Beth had watched it a couple of times, but um, finished, rattled through that in three weeks. Yeah, I've, I've never um, I've never watched it before, so this is my, uh, my first go. time uh, watching it. So, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I quite enjoy it. It's a good laugh. Um it's easy watching as well, so exactly. You can't beat a beat a little bit of Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, he he is he is quite the funny man. Um, he is indeed. Neil Patrick Harris. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing just works. Um, <laughs> I have to I have to confess, I downloaded the Robin Sparkles song on my on my iTunes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, so yep. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to the next time we can go to a mall. Um. Anyway. Yeah, no, I know. If only there wasn't copyright infringements, Dave could kind of play out the end of the podcast with the song. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. Anyway, um, we'll let uh, we'll let people go unless uh, you've got anything else you want to touch on, Nick. Nope, I think that's we're good for now. So that's a goodbye for me, and it's a goodbye for me. <laughs> <laughs>